going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening and welcome. I'm Debbie George Addis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk, and to tonight's first five this is the next to last day of 2019, and we're about to, in this coming week, change over Congress. We have the Democrats taking control of the U.S. House, new House members sworn in on Thursday, January 3rd. And by all of the reports you see in the media, all the fearful prognostications and, and looming threats, it does appear that this coming year, 2019, will be a roller coaster much more so even than this past year, 2018. Tonight at this end of the year show, I want to talk with you about the challenges that face America in 2019, how we think the Democrats will approach them with control of the House, how we think the Republican side will. But really, I want to talk about all of them from the larger perspective of the need of every generation of Americans to hang on to, to preserve, to work and strive to preserve the extraordinary idea that is America, because underlying all the issues we'll talk about tonight is whether or not we're going to hold on to America as a country founded on individual liberty, as the Declaration of Independence recites, the notion we have that we have rights from God, that we have equality, we have rights from God simply because we were born and the government essentially exists to protect those rights. These are these really raw foundational ideas about America are actually what's at stake in this elect in this upcoming uh, 2019 cycle and I want to talk about issues from that context but I also want to talk about a big change uh, on in America can we talk for 2019 I've done this show on Salem radio for four and a half years Salem is a great radio network love being with them however as time has moved on and many people uh, recognize there is there are is a large swath of listeners in this country who don't listen on talk radio, especially the 40 and under crowd. They love podcasts, millennials, but I don't want to limit to them, but the younger, they listen on podcasts. They listen, they want to find something when they want to listen to it. And so on this show, I began putting the show out on Facebook live and I'm not even sure when that was, a year ago or more than a year ago, something like that. Anyway, since that time, the audience on Facebook Live for America Can We Talk has just has been exponentially growing. And I get contacts from around the world, from um, many, many states, listeners who love to tune in, who email me afterwards. And I had an opportunity fall in my lap this week for America Can We Talk, and that was to move the show onto into a very high-end podcast studio in Dallas that has professional cameras and lights, but also so the show will still be available on Facebook Live. If you're listening on Facebook Live, you're among the majority of my listeners. If you're listening on Facebook Live, we'll still be right there. But it is, um, the great thing that I'm so excited about is is... It's expanding the hours and days I'm on air. Sunday night, um, is, this show has always been kind of appointment listening. People tune in because they know it's on. They like my show. They want to hear what I have to say this week. It's not 
drive time and it's not, you know, a common time for people to be in front of the radio. And so the podcast um, world on Facebook Live and other places uh, has grown because uh, because you can listen any time. And so back to my show, I've been Sunday night, two hours, six to eight p.m. Central Time. Appreciate Salem. Love doing this. But what has uh, come to my just fallen to my lap as a gift from God, it seems like. But I'm going to be moving to Monday through Thursday. So it's four days a week for one hour, 3 to 4 p.m., much more common listening time. And it's uh, you know twice the hours for me, so it's four hours a week on air, plus it's, it's four days a week. And so if you're listening on Facebook Live, you'll find me right here on Facebook Live. I'm going to continue doing the Sunday show. Six starting at 6 p.m. on Sundays into January on Facebook Live from my home studio. So if you come back next Sunday at 6 p.m., we'll say hello then, and I'll talk about the issues of the week. But I'll eventually curtail that, and the show is going to move to Monday through Thursday, 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time. And you can find it not only on Facebook Live, on my Facebook, but also on the Facebook of the of Real News PR and also with 18 of the most popular podcast aggregators in this country, the places where people go to look for news outside of terrestrial radio. It'll be on Facebook. This show, America Can We Talk, will be available on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox FM, Cloudcaster.com, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Alexa Assistant, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podomatic, Spreaker, TuneIn, Twitch TV, Overcast.fm, Short Orange, and Antenna Pod. Now, I have to tell you, if you didn't recognize any of those, and if you're listening on radio and you're saying, I only listen to you on radio, I don't know any of those other things, feel free to email me. My radio-related email is AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com. I'll be happy to reply to you and tell you how to find the show because beginning mid-January, Monday, January 14th, we're moving to Monday through Thursday, 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time, and it'll be on all those places and on Facebook. And you can also, on Facebook, as many people tell me they do, they go to the Facebook page and they scroll down. You can go down and find interviews from months ago. You want to hear again the interview with Candace Owens or Alan West or who or Dinesh D'Souza, whoever it is, you can always find the old interviews on Facebook and all those other places I just mentioned. So believe me when I tell you, I'm not going anywhere. I am not going to stop talking about preserving this extraordinary country uh, until I draw my last breath. That's my plan. But I'm going to go off of Salem starting next week. And after this break, I'm going to go off right now, come back in four minutes on Facebook Live in four minutes and talk to you then. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. 
The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. If you were listening to the last segment, you know I let people know that I've decided, I made the decision to pull this radio show, um, to, take, to remove, remove it from the Salem lineup and to move it over to an, uh, a podcast arrangement. And I want to be very clear about a couple of things. My voice will be everywhere. I am not going away. America Can We Talk not only be on Facebook, it'll be in lots of places. And the real uh, you know, reason I made the decision, because it was hard. Salem is a great, conservative, family-oriented, uh, Christian-oriented radio um, company. And, and, you know, and so there, but the thing is, 
you talk about evidence-based decision-making, when your listeners are overwhelmingly on social media and the opportunity to be more regular and live on social media in a very professional uh, setup, it was just a great step forward for this show, and I'm really grateful for it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have more time to talk about America. That's the main thing I'm excited about. I love I love this opportunity I have every week. And I want to tell you a quick background about uh, how I got here on radio. If you don't know, I am not a radio host or a radio trained person by background. I'm a lawyer by background. I litigated uh, labor-related cases in California um, early on in my life. And then, um, you know, we uh, after several years, my husband and I had kids. I decided to stay home with the kids for a while. You know, had a, we had we moved several times, and it really was just when I began being more and more focused on the uh, direction of our country, concerns about this precious country, that I wrote a book in 2012 called Ladies Can We Talk, talking to women, trying to urge them to consider that you are not helping things by voting for big government. Women tend to vote for big government, and I had I did a very uh, lawyerly, detailed, footnoted you know argument about if you really care about people, if you really have compassion for the poor and others, if you really want life to be fair— Vote for limited government. Vote to keep government, to, to prevent government from growing, to prevent government from coming tyrann- becoming tyrannical. I, I, so anyway, that kind of, that segued into radio interviews about my book, and it, literally every step of the way, um, from starting out on, on an internet radio thing, to having an early morning time slot here on Salem, to having an evening Sunday night um, slot on Salem, every step of the way has felt like just a gift from God, a you know, just a wonderful opportunity to do what I love, which is to speak about this extraordinary country and to try to put the issues of the day in a logical, lawyerly, meaningful way, explain them and talk about them, uh, and with the ultimately making the argument that it is our job to preserve this precious country. Well, we're facing 2019 uh, next week. That'd be next week. And we have the incoming Congress, uh, Democrat majority controlled. I'll tell you a couple quick things about them. Um, one is that um, you, the, there are a series of pretty unique new members of Congress. Um, the one getting the most media attention right now, of course, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a young woman, a young Hispanic woman who won a Democrat seat from the state of New York. Uh, she's an outspoken, ardent socialist. She's been out there arguing her issues. Um, and we're going to talk more about them as, as evening goes on. But there's several other fairly confrontational left-wing uh, new members of Congress. Uh, one thing that someone pointed out that was uh, most unfortunate said, the freshman class, this is a, a statement by Representative Ro Khanna, who is a California Democrat about to start his second term, the freshman class as an aggregate will have more power than the leadership. He's talking about the number of, you know, my word, rabble-rousing left-wingers in Congress. And you know what else is going to happen is it's not just that they're Alexander Cortez-like, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez-like, and proposing, you know, the Green New Deal and socialized medicine and free college for everybody and free health care for everybody, all the just loopy utopian things that socialists think can happen. But there's going to be a stridency about several members, of uh, uh, numerous members of the new Democrat majority in the House, and there's going to be relentless media attention on them. And this is going to hurt Nancy Pelosi, assuming... Now, I, I heard from someone who's pretty connected in Washington that she doesn't even know she has the votes to be elected speaker again. Who knows how that's going to go? But 
she won't have the power she wants to have because she's got, it's like herding cats, to use a, an expression. There, it's a, a bunch of very strident left-wingers. You know, these are people who elected to Congress who are kind of the Occupy Wall Street mindset, the, um, you know, just the left-wing Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Democrat Socialists of America. These type of people got elected to Congress by Democrats in this country, and that's the kind of setting the tone we're going to be facing. But I want to run through some issues we're going to face not I mean both in the immediacy of this new Congress, but also the larger impact on America. Um, one has to do with the women's march, and I've, if you listen to this show, you know I've said many times the women's march. The, even the name of the organization is a lie. It is a falsehood. It is fake news. The women's march does not represent women. It represents radical left wing views. It's there. You know, you can hold left wing views in this country. Fine. I mean, but it's not the women's march. It's the radical leftist women's march. And part of the fallacy of the idea that you can organize people around gender and then claim they all think the same thing, that they all are on the same page is is already impacting them and hurting the women's march. I don't want them speaking for me. I don't want them speaking for any women. If they want to say they're marching for you know, pro-abortion or pro-LGBTQ uh, uh, rights or whatever the issue is, march on the issue you want, you stand for. Go ahead. You know, you're entitled. But you, it is a lie for the leaders of that march to claim they represent women, to use that name. It's like if I tried to say, you know, all women think like I do. Of course, that's not true. But the Women's March has run into some recent difficulties. Uh, one was in Eureka, California, where they had a Women's March planned. There's an annual Women's March coming up, I think. I don't know when it is. But the, the Eureka, California branch of the Women's March had to cancel. They chose to cancel their Women's March because... Because there were too many white people involved in the march. That's actually the reason they gave in statements to the media. Too many white women. And so I I looked it up, by the way. Eureka, California, where this um, episode is unfolding. Eureka, California is 73.5% white. So, you know, it's three quarters white. And so they're saying, but the march is, is too white. And then they only have a 10%, a little over 10% of a Hispanic or a Latino. And um, uh, where are we? Less than 2% black or African-American. And I, and I make this point, not just because I think that they said they canceled their march saying they have to reach out to more people. But the point is, women don't think with their, as a gender, and so the idiocy of their march of trying to say, well, we couldn't get enough people of various colors to agree with us. What does color and what does gender have to do with political issues? The answer is nothing. In the world of logic, in the world of a country formed on ideas, a, a nation that can only be preserved if we uphold the founding ideas, a march based on the gender you happen to have been born in or with means nothing. It's so they had to cancel it. They also had a women's march canceled or earlier, I think earlier this week or last week in Chicago, because somebody, one of the original founders pointed out that the women's march had too many ties to Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan, the Muslim, Jew-hating, anti-American, American-hating, racist, Louis Farrakhan closely tied in with women's leader 
uh, with leaders of the Women's March. And this one founder was saying, wait a minute, he doesn't stand for what we stand for. Again, march on the issue you care about. You're not marching because you're women. This is pure moral idiocy. Just moral idiocy. And so these are the kind of issues we're going to be facing in this 2019 new Congress when we have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other uh, left-wingers who can only think along lines, can only think along hyphenated America lines, who, who want to think of America as a nation divided by men versus women and then all the various races pitted against each other, African-American versus Asian-American versus Hispanic-American versus Caucasian. And there's nothing to fight about among those categories. Pick your issue and say what you believe in. Uh, one other thing, though, and with respect to the um, women's march and the women's issues, is just how uh, crazy it gets when you focus on, and you, you may take a good issue, like, backing up, I'll take a good issue. Me too. Hashtag me too. Originally, the idea of pointing out that some men are sexually abusive, that engage, who engage in sexual assault, uh, who uh, condition promotions or hiring on sexual favors, this was a good thing to have that come out. This was a great thing to have it come out. Weinstein, the director, and other people in politics and business and all avenues of life, it's a good thing to have a common cultural airing of it to say, you know, you can't do this anymore. This isn't appropriate in America. We're going to expose you, embarrass you, and you're going to stop doing this. That's okay. In my view, you don't want want men thinking that's okay. You don't want women feeling unsure if they should speak up. But the lunacy of the Me Too movement and the lunacy of feminism, which is off the rails, unrelated to what America is supposed to be, it it was revealed in a statement by a Mizzou, University of Missouri official, who actually said in a recent statement, I think it was a deposition, um, yeah, a deposition said that it was, it constitutes sexual misconduct for a tall man to ask out a short woman. And on that note, we're going to a break. Come back in four minutes. America Can We Talk, Debbie Georgiatis. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive 
executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations, and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out CenterForSecurityPolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's CenterForSecurityPolicy.org. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty... From free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. So review, we're getting ready for 2019 tonight. We're talking about the what we're going to face in Washington in 2019. I just went through a short litany in the last segment about the Women's March and the craziness of the uh, feminist mindset these days that, that actually resulted in a University of Missouri official, an administrator, say in a deposition that it's sexual misconduct for a tall guy. To ask out a short girl. Even when she was given the chance to clarify or say, do you really mean to say that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so part of the crazy we have to watch for in 2019 is just not to get drawn in. Use your own judgment. Use your own read on things. That's obviously absurd. A lot of what the left says is absurd. That's particularly bad. But you're going to hear this left-wing uh, Democrat party, in, really led by the most many of the most extreme elements of the American left, are now in the Congress. You're going to hear this kind of stuff. Another topic we're going to be looking at in 2019, I want to talk about tonight, 
has to do first with the battle with um, on his, with Islamic terror. But I want to first talk about uh, President Trump visited, as you all probably saw, visited the troops in Iraq. I think it was the day after Christmas. And he had uh, a quick clip I want to play. The, the troops, by the way, were ecstatic. Let me just play a quick clip by him. Then I want to talk about something he said. And remember, I told you yesterday that anybody who aids in a bet uh, aids. Oops, sorry, that was the wrong clip. Okay, do I have? Well, first of all, at ease, at ease. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good time. The other reason I'm here today is to personally thank you and every service member throughout this region for the near elimination of the ISIS territorial caliphate in Iraq and in Syria. Two years ago, When I became president, they were a very dominant group. They were very dominant. Today, they're not so dominant anymore. So we're not the suckers of the world. We're no longer the suckers, folks. Okay, that was President Trump visiting the uh, troops in Iraq. And he did say uh, a couple times, we're not the suckers of the world. You know, there was, uh, you know, I couldn't play a long segment, but it was just, you know, just ecstatic receipt of receipt of him by the troops and, and cheering. And they were just they're grateful for a president who loves this country and respects the military. They loved it. I want to hit on one thing he said, though. And again, we're on the topic of what is it we're going to do? What do we have to stand up for? I I said in the start of this show, 2019 is a time for thinkers. It is a time for fighters. It is a time for clear-thinking people who do not get pushed around by what you're going to hear out of the Democratic Congress and the media echo chamber. And sometimes I think it's the media that shapes Congress. But whichever way it goes... We need to be clear about holding on to the right idea. And the last segment about the Women's March, the right idea of equal rights for men and women, equal access to education, all careers, all that stuff. But we do not surrender into the idiocy, the moral idiocy of the left, where we're on to the Mizzou thing, that, or also the moral idiocy of the Women's March, the idea that you can organize people politically around what gender they happen to be, or, frankly, all the other organizations centered around ethnicity and national origin. Though people don't think with their genderness, they don't think with their skin color, they think with their minds, with their with ideas. Politics are about ideas, not about gender, not about race, not about ethnicity. But I want to comment further on something uh, related to what President Trump was saying. You know, it was a great thing that the American troops, largely along with others, but the American troops really squelched the ISIS, uh, the beginning of what they thought they had as their new caliphate, the determination of Islamic terrorists, ultimately, Sharia supremacists, Islamists, is to create a caliphate. They want to replicate the caliphate that they had centuries ago, and essentially the goal of the obedient um, Muslim following traditional Islamic teaching is to try to establish a caliphate that rules the world. So it was great that we got after President Trump was strong with our troops, and we have reduced the size of the caliphate that ISIS was trying to create in Iraq and Syria. However, several things happened this week I want to mention that relate to this uh, relate to this effort. And again, they go back to the 2019 Congress. Part of what's happened in this country is almost an inability to discuss the nature of the problem to even discuss the nature of the problem with Islamic terror because we have so many people on the American left trying to say there's no connection 
between Islam and terror. There's no connection, and you get pounced on as Islamophobic if you try to point it out. Well, everyone who reads history and reads newspapers or reads news understands there's a huge problem uh, today in this world with violence committed in the name of Islam. Several things happened this week uh, or in the last few weeks. One was we it came out that the European Union, the European Union gave 140,000 pounds as British dollars, pounds to this Al-Qud rally and march in London. Al-Qud being a, it's, it's sponsored by the Islamic Human Rights Commission. But I wrote about this in this next book I'm writing. I've been reading about it. At this Al-Qud march, the Muslims in England chant death to Israel, destroy Israel. They chant death to Jews. This is a anti-Semitic, anti-Israel march by Muslims in London. And the people at European Union who decide to give that kind of money cannot be oblivious to what the march is all about. The marchers say these things. It's not like one or two people, you know, at the fringes of of the march say these things. The leaders of the march say these things, death to Israel, death to Jews. And yet they got the European Union money. This is an example of Islamic molding of the thought in, I mean, you think any other group in the world, if you say, I want to have a march and we're going to march and we're going to chant death to some other country, some group of people, I don't think the European Union would give you money. But they did to the Al-Qud. Another thing, in case you didn't see this story, um, there were two Scandinavian women um, who were murdered by ISIS in Morocco. In the last, whatever this was, two weeks in December, two Scandinavian women, um, and they were uh, they were hiking in Morocco's Atlas Mountains. They were university students, and they the um, they were murdered by ISIS by people who claimed to be ISIS, and and they were affiliated with ISIS. They were it was an Islamic terror attack. One of the women was beheaded, and it, on video, and the video sent to her family. And I tell you this story, hideous as it is, to remind you that Islamic terror is not gone from this world just because America reduced the size of the caliphate the ISIS had, that ISIS had created in Iraq and Syria. Islamic, ongoing Islamic terror, Islamist terror, Sharia terror, ongoing conduct by Islamic extremists is happening all over this world. Just because ISIS got reduced in size in its current caliphate does not mean it's not taking action other places. This was in Morocco. These are ISIS people. In fact, the Moroccan authorities later said it's very hard to protect this popular tourist area of Morocco where these two Scandinavian women were recently killed. And so it's become easier for ISIS to operate there. Similar story we talked about when it happened in July of this year, July of 2018, Two American, you you know, just kind of um, students, or they were they were actually out of college. They were in their early twenties, but two students, a young couple, did a bicycle tour around the world. Posted a blog. Lauren Guggenheim, Guggenheim and Jay Austin, two American cyclists, and they they had all sorts of happy talk statements in their blog about how we shouldn't judge each other, and all this talk about hate is crazy. We can all love each other. We can all get along. We're going to go explore the world killed by ISIS on their bicycle trip um, in the country of Tajikistan. 
killed by ISIS this year in July. And I'm raising this to say ISIS is not radical Islam. Let me say it this way. ISIS is just one form of Islam, one form of radical Islam. It is not the only one, but ISIS is still happily marching forward. One last story in today's world. In fact, there's a, a... I think on this, there's a, there's a link to this on our website. My website is americacanwetalk.org. And by the way, keep going back to americacanwetalk.org. We're really updating it. We're making it very accessible for uh, comments, for the articles we post. Uh, just, just a great place to go learn things. But in um, the Clarion Fund, at the Clarion Project is the group. There's a link to this article from the Clarion Project. But they did an interview of a guy in um, who is a uh, from Belgium, a Belgian guy. He grew up as a Christian. He grew up as an altar boy in his church. And at the age of sixteen, he converted to Islam and changed his name to um, Jonas Delafront. I can't even say his name; doesn't matter. He changed his name and he began to go fight for ISIS. He joined the radical group Sharia for Belgium. This is a Christian altar boy converted by the pressure of Islamic terrorists in Belgium to become a fighter. He's gone off and fought. He was finally prosecuted in Belgium. Clarion interviewed him before he went off to serve jail time. The point is, the threat of radical Islam is real. It's going to be harder and harder to talk about with the Democrats in charge of the House. Come right back. Facebook, come back in four minutes. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. 
nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. We're doing our preparation for 2019, our time for thinkers, time for fighters, time for patriots, time for people to be awake to what's going to happen in Washington. We mentioned the Women's March, all the crazy happening there, and the idea that more women should speak up and say, Women's March doesn't speak for me. In fact, no group speaks for me. Rally around issues, rally around things you believe in, but it is a false premise, a false founding premise of the Women's March, that somehow, just because of your gender, you know what everyone else with your same gender thinks. It's just ridiculous. But And there's going to be a need more and more with these gender-driven Democrats, this uh, kind of hyphenated America thinking of the American left having such a voice in this Congress in 2019. They're the, they're the, the media is not going to be quoting Pelosi nearly as much as it's going to be quoting Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other of these more radical folks who got elected. And then with respect to ISIS and the expanding threat of Islamic terror in this world, I just mentioned a few things. If you go to that website I mentioned, the Clarion Project, I can't remember if it's .org or .com, or whatever it is, Clarion Project, tons of stories to read. Go to the website centerforsecuritypolicy.org or just securefreedom.org. You can read stories. Islamic terror is happening all over this world. As we've learned in this country, we're not immune to it, but there's going to be, and it's going to be harder and harder for wise people, informed people to speak up because of the prominence of the Democrat majority in the Congress, because the media likes to repeat their mantras, their slogans, their views, there is going to be the need for people who understand what's happening 
to speak up. And I don't mean just to speak up by calling your congressman, your senator. I mean your day-to-day life. If you hear people say things like, well, you know, I think the Islamic threat is over. I mean, you know, Trump said we got ISIS practically out of Iraq and Syria. Speak up. Say, actually, yeah, yeah, that's good. And I love our military and I'm grateful for them. But Islamic extremism, the idea has not been killed. And I'm going to tell you one more thing about that Clarion Project uh, thing I mentioned. They they got an interview with this guy, an exclusive interview before this guy went to jail. He was raised as a Christian in Belgium. Uh, converted to Islam when he was 16, has gone off to fight with ISIS, gone back and forth. And part of his interview, the chilling part in that interview, I decided I don't want to give him more oxygen by playing his interview for you. But part of his interview was just basically saying, there will always be more of us. This is a, by the way, if you saw this kid, if there was no sound on and you thought and you saw this kid being interviewed, you would think he was like, you know, maybe a, a local, you know, um, he doesn't look... He doesn't look polished like maybe he's a local a wealthy guy. He looks like an average Joe. He looks like an average Joe, just kind of guy who's, um, you know, he might be uh, working in a bakery or and might work in a, you know, might have some job. He looked like a normal, sane person. And he's staring right at the camera and explaining how ISIS is right, that even if the troops were to kill more people who were affiliated with ISIS, the, the troops of America or the troops of the Western world, the civilized world, were to kill more of these ISIS people, he's saying there will always be more of us. More of us will come. Our goal is, as he says, our goal is not just to kill people. It is to change hearts and minds, to bring them to Sharia, to bring them to Islam. He just says it. And so what I'm telling you is, There's a little bit of complacency already in America on this issue. There will be more complacency when the Democrats make it so hard to talk about it. And the media immediately pounces on anyone who dares expose it. But I'm telling you, check those two sites, clarionproject.org, I think it is, and securefreedom.org. Just read real life stories are happening. Okay. But this segment, I wanted to turn and talk about another thing, America shaping things that will be discussed in 2019 that have to be resolved with input from people who care and love this care about love this country and that is the border dispute whether which is whether to have a border whether to have one at all and and be clear that is what the issue is the issue is not border security or you know in one form versus border security in another form the issue is whether we have border security that's what the issue is the wall is a portion of border security, a part of border security. The wall is about securing places where it's very difficult to use other forms of security. So right now, what we have in this country, a battle. um, In fact, I want to play this in. You probably heard this story, but the outcome of failure to secure the border, the outcome of sanctuary cities where we will not turn people in, even when they have committed crimes when they're illegal ends. We know they're here. The outcome, one, you know, plain as day, horrific outcome was this week, you probably saw there was a a, uh, police officer killed uh, by an illegal alien. He'd been pulled, a police officer pulled the guy over for whatever reason. The police officer was shot and killed by this illegal alien. They've now finally arrested um, the guy and uh, some people were hiding him. I want to play the uh, clip from the the, uh, California sheriff um, talking about this illegal alien. And remember, I told you yesterday that anybody who aids in a bet, uh, aids and uh, helps uh, this criminal was going to go to jail. This is a criminal illegal alien with prior criminal activity 
that should have been reported to ICE. We were prohibited, law enforcement was prohibited because of sanctuary laws, and that led to the encounter with Officer Singh. And under SB 54 in California, based on two arrests for DUI and some other active warrants that this criminal has out there, law enforcement would have been prevented, prohibited, from sharing any information with ICE about this criminal gang member. Ariaga's DUI arrests and warrant happened before SB 54 took effect. Officer Singh sacrificed everything. He paid the ultimate price trying to protect and serve the people of Newman. We need to have a conversation about that. If you hear the sobbing in the background, that is this officer who was killed as his brother. This officer, by the way, came to America using our legal immigration system. He actually came to America. Um, I've forgotten what country he's from, um, but he came to America legally and, and you know, used the system we're supposed to use to get here. He was shot and killed just a few hours after a beautiful family picture was taken of him at Christmas time with his wife and very, very young son. So the border battle, the immigration battle, the illegal alien battle, what to do about all these issues will go on in 2019. And I want to just point out to you this stalemate we're at right now where the, the absolutely irrelevant government shutdown has happened. And on top of that, we have, you know, the the battle over funding the border. I want to just explain, tell you something that if you did not realize what President Trump is now trying to do is exactly what Schumer and others, Schumer, the Democrat minority leader in the Senate, uh, was okay with. Let me play uh, Schumer. This is how Schumer uh, used to talk about uh, the border wall as recently as 2009. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration. The American people want their government to be serious about protecting the public, enforcing the rule of law, and creating a rational system of legal immigration that will proactively fit our needs rather than reactively responding to future waves of illegal immigration. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. Okay, so there we have, there we have Chuck Schumer just absolutely um, obliterating the, um, you know, the same argument he's making now. Now he's acting like borders, walls are terrible, they don't work, he can't do this. But there he was, much different tone. Uh, President Obama, actually another uh, you know guy who's changed his tune on this. Um, I'm going to play just a brief clip by him. This is when President Obama was Senator Obama. Uh, I'm not sure where the... 2006, here we go. The bill before us will certainly do some good. It will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. And that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration. Okay, I have more clips to play for you, but I want to make this point that the prominent Democrat leaders in this country today in 2018 who are willing to shut down the government, this is a Schumer Democrat shutdown, but willing to shut down the government to refuse to fund the wall are the same people who made very similar statements, had very similar policy goals as President Trump now has. I have clips from Hillary Clinton, clips from Bill Clinton, another clip from Obama. I could pull them up all day long, but that really detract, just you know, takes away time. And I want to make the point that this is not about the border wall funding exactly. This is, number one, the Democrats not wanting to give Trump any victories whatsoever. 
no victories. That's what the SR goal is. But number two is, as the world shifts toward this globalist mindset, this globalist mindset, very popular and trendy intellectual left-wing circles, very, very trendy, that this is the idea that we're too, we're too uh, mature as a, as a people, we're too advanced as a nation, we're, too be, we're so beyond this rah-rah patriotism and that America matters that we really can't get into this border security stuff so much. And I'll tell you, Angela Merkel, who is, you know, uh, fortunately, eventually outgoing uh, prime, uh, prime minister of um, Germany, said in a speech, she gave a speech uh, just like two or three weeks ago, where she, this is her quote, Angela Merkel, who's let hordes of uh, refugees into Germany. Now they're facing all sorts of problems, terror attacks and women terrorized on the street and, and, and great increase in number of rapes. I mean, they have just a horrible problem created by the influx of Islamic refugees. But Angela Merkel's statement in a big speech, and I, a few weeks ago I was telling you I wanted to play it for you, but it was in German. But her quote that matters is, she said, nation states must be prepared to give up their sovereignty. And this is really the behind the scenes thinking I want to close out this segment talking about. When people don't care whether the border is secure, when people are willing to let everyone who's entered this country illegally, their preference is to protect them in sanctuary cities instead of protecting the legal citizens who are falling victim to the crimes committed by those who should not be here, who have no right to be here, and who, and who are being protected by the sanctuary status. When people are arguing for amnesty for all the illegal aliens who are here, And this is really, I'm summarizing a lot of what left-wing America thinks. If you're saying you don't want a border wall because it seems mean, you think that everyone in the caravan who's come up here from Honduras and and Guatemala and El El Salvador should be let in, should be given asylum. When you think that the border should be, that our policies on asylum should be expanded and weakened. When you think all those things, you are a member of the American left, but you are also saying to America that you don't think America, the unique, extraordinary experiment in human liberty, matters. You are saying citizenship is kind of silly. You're saying the idea of a nation state having integrity doesn't matter. That's what the left is telling America. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Come back in four minutes. (laughs) 